Sam survived the gunship crash. Dialogue was terrible. We've only got one shot. The city is now under our control. Bumblebee turning up three times with impeccable timing. Fuck, that irritated me. Does anyone actually like Optimus Prime? His awful fucking speeches. He's a fucking cock, isn't he? Such a bad character. No, fuck it. I'm cracking on. Crack. Crack. Hey, ear audience. We're sitting and drinking beers and chatting movies, so we thought we'd hit record and bless you with another episode of Big Screen Auckland. I'm Nige. Brought to you by Michael Bay. I'm Corey. <laughs> no, Michael Bay, Cisco, and Nova. As you can tell from that, we're going to be talking about Transformers 3 this week, but... Before we get into that, spoiler warning, we don't mind our tongues. We cast and talk <coughs> shit and ramble and... Yeah, adults only around here. Suck it up. So if you're a huge fan of the Transformers franchise... <laughs> We're not going to ruin Seven for you. I'd like a shtick where I say, like, I'm not going to ruin Seven for you and ruin a movie every week. I'm not going to ruin The Sixth Sense. You know, he's dead. I'm not going to ruin Seven for you. It's a head in the box. I'm not going to ruin... Like, I could just ruin a fuck ton of movies <laughs> in our spoiler warning. I like it. That'd be really horrible. So let me tell you about Hannibal Lecter. No, so it's not a spoiler-free zone. So if you're looking to go into your Transformers Dark of the Moon session pure, then this is a... Especially because for a movie like Transformers 3, where we're giving God-given rights to rip it apart if we want, and that involves revealing all and sundry terrible plot points, so brace yourselves. But if you go into the <laughs> iTunes notes for this episode, it'll have a time you can fast-forward to if you want to jump either the hate-fest or spoil-fest. Or love-fest. Who knows? <laughs> On that note, kick it off. Give 10 reasons why you love Transformers Dark of the Moon. You, you want me to? Yeah. I don't know, those flying bat suit dudes are pretty cool, except for their fucking terrible dialogue. Is that is that one for love? Oh, was it love? <laughs> what about the kid next to me? <laughs> fucking hell, man, we were crammed with kids. So the kid next to you was imitating all the kung fu moves the robots are doing. He was a fidgety little shit. I wanted to smack him one. The kid next to me wanted to look at the face of every person in the cinema every quarter of an hour. He's seen Amelie. That's her favourite trick. <laughs> well done. He's like, oh, I'm really going to see Transformers 3. Isn't Amelie 2 out yet? <laughs> And it wasn't a kid film. The swearing and mum talking about how big her son's dick is and she comes first book and yeah. it made it very clear this isn't a kid's film. Wanker. Arsehole. What the fuck? But then... <clears throat> kitted it up. Wasn't as painful as the second one, but it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And way too fucking long. Why does it keep going? Because films like this, it's like 10,000 a second, right? That's how they work it out. Oh, how mm. was the effect shot? It was seven seconds. Oh, that's another seven. You know, whatever it is. It just keeps adding and adding and adding. Yeah. So when he when he writes it and he goes, cool, let's make this two and a half hours, his fucking accountants must just wet themselves. Like, what? Why? Why make it so long? Couldn't it be short and punchy? Oh, that's right, because they had so much fucking plot to reveal. Because Didn't actually, they've been half an hour. Because they've been controlling the world for the, since the fifties or some shit. Oh my god! I'm not even gonna get into it. I can't even. They were responsible for Chernobyl. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I did not know that Dutch was Tucker. Couldn't recognize him at all. Oh really? Yeah, radical. What a character. He was alright. Oh, you like it? No, no. no. The whole thing was bad. I've got a few good points. I'm going to try and start off with a few good points. I actually thought Ken Jeong. Yeah, he was pretty good. Wang, I think his character's name was. There's some really good comedy in there. Wrong fucking movie. Totally clashed. Didn't come off correctly, but there's things, you know, like John Malkovich's awful tan and his kung fu photos and stuff. Ken Jeong, Kenny Powers, boss, principal guy, whatever yeah, his name is. yeah. Some really cool comedy stuff that would have worked in a different movie. It's because he makes like four movies. There's an action film and a robot film and a mm. conspiracy film and a relationship trouble film. And, a, <laughs> and, a, and then McDreamy goes nuts. What's his name? Patrick Dempsey. I don't know the character's name. His name's not Patrick Dempsey, is it? 
No, Petra Dempsey's famous. Isn't Petra Dempsey from like 80s films? Yeah, that's why he was older than the other characters. But he wasn't older than everyone. He was... No, he was the dude from fucking... Can't buy me bro- love. There's romantic comedies with Catherine Heigl and shit. Catherine Heigl's younger than you are. Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, I'm thinking Brian Dennehy. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck? No, wait up, wait up. Yeah, he's not old. He wasn't in those 80s actions. He was an 80s romantic comedy guy. Oh, was he? Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, with Catherine Heigl, bro. Can't buy me love. I even said that already. Wow. I don't know, like in the last two years I thought he was brand new on the scene running around with his man looks I thought he started on TV yeah no I totally he goes completely nuts the thing that irritated me was starting off it didn't start for fucking half an hour because they set up all that shit with Buzz Aldrin and shit there was the Kennedy assassination Obama was in there giving medals you know the parents are up in their new RV he's got a new girlfriend he's looking for a new job she works with the traitor of the universe all this stuff yeah they laid it all out there's a new woman in charge of the spies she doesn't take any shit John Turo's now a celebrated author or no yeah. not celebrated all the stuff I had to set up, it was so convoluted for a robots fighting movie. I hated the robots fighting. It was a giant dude with a glowing sword fighting a gigantic snake. Yeah. There was no need for them to have been metal or robots or anything. It was a poor Conan. I don't know if I've mallowed on the hate, but it's all been forgotten now. It's not even so much hate as I don't It's give been a two sh- weeks since we've seen this. It's more like I don't give a shit about it anymore. That must be what fake hype is like. It's the opposite of what The Matrix did. Builds a big thing and then comes out and impresses versus this, which is like hype the fuck out of stuff even that monocular group's funky trailer mm. and then you see it and it's just like ah oh, terrible I was offended by the second one whereas this one I was just like yeah it was as crap as I feel second. sorry for him that he couldn't squeeze it into an hour 40 awesome film given mm. the unlimited money and why does he choose to do everything but he's a fucking child they dropped Megan Fox and got some Victoria's Secrets chick who'd never acted before did you see her outfits she was constantly changing outfits but they're all ridiculous for the scene she was in not just that but like she'd step out of a car and be framed by the sun and the camera would take 10 seconds and do a slow pan across her body mm. in the middle of an action piece there's one she boom, climbed out boom, of the car boom, the camera was of... placed between her legs yeah he didn't even want to make a third one he just wanted how can I get this Victoria's <laughs> Secrets model yeah. to show me some shit I'll put her in a movie I can go that snake though chewing up buildings and shit it was just every time they tried to put the humans in action and in danger including those SEAL teams at the end or whatever they were it was like wow it was the most powerful robot with the really unlucky it's mm. eating a skyscraper but missing these dudes yeah. <laughs> fuck off yeah and it, to me it had nothing to do with Transformers the Transformers have got one thing and one thing only going for them it's the simplest concept in the universe yeah. it's shit that changes into other shit it wasn't used at all in this film so we've got this gigantic fucking snake that's made out of something metal, I think, that can eat a skyscraper. What's that got to do with Transformers? Yeah. And where's it been hiding all this time? <laughs> How did the others get infinitely more powerful? Teleported them off the moon. Oh, yeah, that's right. For minus action, you could shoot it back at me and go, oh, you're meant to love this sort of shit, bro. Compared Die Hard 3 to... I think more of you than yeah, good man. Poor fucking Michael Bay. Man, there was some slow motion, explodey. And did I mention to you, I didn't like how Optimus was like tied up by a crane for... <laughs> He's... Yeah. <sighs> it wasn't even Optimus that bothered me. It was Megatron. Megatron, in every incarnation of the Transformers, and there's been many, is the main antagonist. Yeah, totally. He was fucking barely in this. And when he was, the Victoria's Secrets model, Talk- Jedi mind tricked him into walking to his death. Yeah. She pep-talked him. His desert cave sort of shit. Shit, we're walking around with his cape on. <laughs> what the hell's he got a cape for? 
and the uh, Autobots, you know, they used to have colour and shit in the cartoons. Like, they weren't all black and silver and evil and alien-y. Like, they were like weird little insects and shit walking around. They're also meant to be cars. Cars or robots. But in this one, it's the Autobots are cars or robots, but nearly always robots mm. when anything's going on. And the Autobots... Yeah, they took away the whole point of Transformers. And the Decepticons are fucking weird, spiky alien-y, tentacle snake shit. What's going on there? Aren't well, they meant to be jets? Not that I'm a Transformers <laughs> purist by any means. I think you are. But Soundwave turns into a ghetto blaster. Mm. Laser Beak is it's one the of the two cassette tapes. In this, he transformed into a Lenovo screen, that fucking vampire bird. At one stage, he turned into a pink version of Bumblebee. He's a tape. Yeah. He's got one function. If he can transform into anything, this is a different movie. That's not Transformers. I know, but if they're going to take liberties with that, why don't they let Bumblebee talk? Do they have to keep going yeah. on with the fucking playing the voice clips? That's getting painful. And I kind of dug it when they first introduced that. Like, I can only talk from radio, but yeah, it is getting real painful because now he only talks from classic movies, which yeah. I don't understand why. It's like, oh, I see. He's come back and really appreciated 50s westerns. And has them all recorded ready to go when he's talking through a car radio it doesn't make sense but i kind of got it no it doesn't make sense anymore yeah Sorry, I was going to tell stuff I liked. <laughs> I haven't really got to that yet. We haven't been as harsh as we could have been. I like Kenji Ong. I thought him as Wang was incredible. Didn't think he fit. I liked the building falling over, like in Cloverfield, when they're all sliding down and shit. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Take all the robots out of that. The humans and the building were really cool. When they're sliding down the outside glass and he's like, shoot the glass or whatever. And that stuff was really cool. Yeah, that was actually. He had upped it since Cloverfield. He thought, fuck you, JJ. Because theirs was like a 60 degree angle when they're trying to get up the stairwell and stuff. Yeah. This one was like, a 45 degree angle this shit was going places the flight suits were cool I liked the I take the piss out of these things for the uber slow-mo all the fucking time this one I really like the slow-mo of the motorway scene when Bubble Bee ejects Shia LaBeouf and then catches him again all filmed in slow-mo yeah because to me that's become so tired over these last few years everything's in uber slow-mo and it just takes all the action out of it this was the best use I'd seen of it in quite a while I concur that was pretty good action that's it please have you seen the comparison with that scene from the motorway not the one you described but another one and the exact same scene from the island no like it's the exact same it's as if he copied and pasted from the special effects library and put the exact same film on from the, the motorway yeah so there's a scene the camera shot's the same there's a car doing this and a truck will hit it and explode and, they, and it flips out of the camera on the left and then they show the Transformers one and replace the truck with a Transformer and it's exactly the same but they pasted out the truck and painted in a Transformer yeah it was really clever someone found it actually yeah yeah well done he reused it a cheeky bar <laughs> The exact same thing. Just to make it longer. Like <laughs> Take away his auteur card. Exactly. But the only thing I like that scene for, because I've seen the motorway stuff done a million times, Matrix, Matrix and shit, but yeah. this one was mainly the ejection. Pick up. But yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I'd never seen that done before. So I'm really trying here. We don't even need to worry if we're going to recommend it or not, because people are going to see if the advertising worked or they're not going to bother. Oh, absolutely. It's not as bad as number two, so you can feel safe spending your 10 bucks and going to see it. Hopefully you won't be as disappointed. Disgusting. He gypped us from number two. After the backlash over the uh, mud flapping skids from yeah. number two, the camp hip-hop guys, he cheated. He instead used the two guys that voiced them and made them little guys that lived with the main character. Yeah. They weren't quite as painful, but he must have already had contracts with these guys. It's a SpongeBob voice guy and another dude. He's like, I've got to write you out at number three. No one wants you in number three. But tell you what, 
I've got these new characters you two can voice. What a great, great comedy duo. I think he just loves that shit. It's just another dimension to his thing. It's just so he can get kids to see it. You think kids like it? And what's up with robot hair? Why have some of the robots there? Fucking Einstein guy. Why do you mean like electronic hair that leaves a sizzle in the air when they move or something? Or they're thinking. Have you seen that? Little puffs of smoke will come off the end of it. Oh, no, I didn't. I think it's meant to show that they're cleverer. That's like electronic robot brain hair. Only the little Einstein one has it and the big Einstein one has it, right? Yeah. No, I think there's no contract. You're giving Michael Bay too much. Michael Bay loved what they did in number two and rang them and go, please guys, be number three, but I've got you even more screen time because you're constantly with the main guy. Yeah. So you can be annoying 24-7. Someone was like, dude, they are fucking robots. They don't have testicles. Oh, okay, cool. I'll change that then. And now he's giving them hair. No, you just... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't listening. Yeah. He's a dick. One other thing I'd like to give props to. You might disagree. We might actually get an argument out of this. I thought Shia LaBeouf was yeah. awesome. Oof. No, he's alright. I thought he was the best thing about this film, actually. I don't, I don't mind Sam Witwicky. There was one scene <coughs> that I thought was the best scene in the film when he was trying to get into the base to see the Transformers and the guards were pretending like, no, you're at the wrong place. We don't know what you're talking about. And he's got that nervous Woody Allen, like, he talks too fast... He explains everything three ways. He's fucking frustrated and angry. He's still comedic. He's yeah. still an action star, but he's a buffoon. Or the scene when his car breaks down and he's kicking the shit out of the yeah. engine and stuff. He's really funny. I wouldn't put him in comedies, but as far as action stars go, I also saw Green Lantern this week, uh, which is pretty crap. But <laughs> yes. I, uh, <laughs> Oh. No, I was on that team. Oh, no, I also, yeah, that was right. a high five for us, bro. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. I think Ryan Reynolds is in that same boat. The most charming comedic action stars that there are. Ryan Reynolds and Shia LaBeouf. Good call. What did you think of CGI JFK? Oh, it was all right. I don't look at shit like that. Well, I was a bad. Oh, you know, yeah, you, know you said in the X-Men 3, you were like, fuck, his foot turning blue was awesome. Back to human and back. Was it? Nothing jars you if it's done really badly. Like you, you said, submarine didn't have enough weight. I'm talking about stuff like that. Hey, submarine. Yeah, and X Men. Oh yeah, I was exactly clutching like at straws to find things. Well, they had this scene with JFK was in it. Here's what it looked like to me. This is nitpicking. It looked like they'd said, okay, what we'll do is we'll have a JFK impersonator and we'll sit him over there and make him slightly blurry because he's in the background. Let's try that. Yeah, that didn't work. Okay, what we'll do is we'll have a guy really close to the screen and we'll sort of black him out. He's just silhouette and we'll have the real thing happening on a TV in the background. Okay, that didn't really work either. Okay, what we'll do is we'll CGI JFK's face onto another actor. Ah, oh, that's even worse. What should we do, Michael Bay? Should we cut this whole scene out? Because we've tried three times and it didn't work. Nope. Put all three in. That'll be awesome. Wow, yeah, I didn't notice that at all. It was a horrible scene. This was in the first half hour gloss over though, so... You were just watching news footage. Yeah. Then way too much story, fucking Einstein robots and Victoria's Secrets outfits and yeah, it was shit. She was a hottie, give her that much. Didn't notice. I didn't notice that stuff. Ah. She looked awkward. Not my type. <laughs> Why were the Autobots even leaving? Who asked them to go? Because the Decepticons were like, okay, so we're going to fucking kill you all unless you are sending them packing. Okay, we're sending them packing. Ah, oh, did that happened, did it? We had to let them know that we knew that you know they had no choice. It's an awesome Optimus Prime, by the way. This is how this film goes, I think. You look away for a second and you miss 30 seconds of plot. It's just coming at you. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, it really is quite action-packed. And that's why I think he sees two seconds of dead air and goes, fuck, I need those comedic small robots to fill that. Like, there's not a second where something's not happening. <laughs> Unless it's a slow pan across a fucking Cisco modem <laughs> on a wall. Like, literally, just 10 seconds of advertising. That's how yeah. slow that camera was. And then we go past Victoria's Secrets, and then it would go past Lenovo. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch the gorgeous box line? Was that just me, or did that really happen? No, it was full of terrible wow. shit. 
it was really woefully inappropriate. At one stage, like, no shit, the little kids next to me, when they did the slow pan of the hottie in the dress. Or oh. when he put the camera in her ass and followed her up the stairs. Yeah, things like that. And they were like, whoa. That was painful. Yeah, Michael Bay, he obviously enjoyed himself. And I'm sure this thing will make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And uh, there'll be a number four. So it, It's probably already broken a box office. Can there yeah. be a number four? Is this not a trilogy? Did they not kill Megatron? That's okay. He was hardly in number three. Like he was chucking a new baddie. This one, the baddie was Sentinel Prime, pretty much. Spoiler alert. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, so this uh, tried to get in as many... Watch this. This tried to get in as many customers as it could because the needs of the many... Uh, oh, that's right. That fucking line. You like it? They disgusted me in the cinema. It's just fucking not even trying. Cool, man. So let's please stop talking about Transformers. We hopefully have talked you out of doing it. Not that that's our aim. Fuck it, though. We also saw two good films. Oh, that's harsh. Three, actually. Because we, we're cultured over here. We get around town a bit. We go to Academy in the City. We uh, we rock Lido and Epsom sometimes if we're feeling Realty like Newmarket it. Newmarket and, and yeah, man. Blockbusters uh, at St. Luke's. But no, we got our first successful visit to the Lido. We've never actually been successful in that. We've been in there lobby one of their three lobbies i know anti-chambers and shit <laughs> i love that word our first successful visit to the lido i always feel like singing that bold skag song lido whoa <laughs> they got a big fireplace going downstairs and then they've got the middle stairs lobby and then they've got the upstairs lobby with the bar that was closed i don't know if that's usually open that building is huge even the cinema was massive but very short seats i'd probably take those over like a whole day at the civic <coughs> I'd put Sky City seats below Civic. Same. Sharp Probably. wooden things. Yeah. So we went and saw My Afternoons with Marguerite. I clicked. I think last week I might have said... Evenings? Yeah. I can't help but call it My Evenings with Marguerite, which sounds sexier than My Afternoons. No, I said Gerard Depardieu's got two out at the moment. He's got Mammoth and My Evening. My Afternoons. Motherfucker. I forgot. Patricia's on as well. Trophy Wife. He's in that? Yeah. Radical. He's got three films on in the art houses at the moment. He's Talk a show off. I was calling him a goober last episode or something like that. Yeah, he said he was goofy, but you couldn't goofy. get past his nose. I, that, his that's my question. Nose. That's my major question. Yeah. Did you get past Gerard Depardieu's large Gaelic nose? Take it all back. What a great film. Mm. I think he's a new character. I don't know. I liked him a lot in this. I've seen him play Goofy. I think I said before, he plays Obelix in the Asterix live action movies. Yeah. And I saw him as Serrano de Bergerac, which I think was a bit... I don't like his comedy stylings. Yeah. When he's in these deadpan things, he does pretty well. Yeah. Do you know anyone with more IMDb credits? He's Mr. France. Now you got a mean crush on... Conversations. Conversations with my gardener, the writer-director who made it, his film before this, I think. How did this one stack up? Oh, yeah. Um, it's not Conversations. No, it's not Conversations. It's different, but just as good. A lot softer, maybe. For those who don't know, it's about a 60-year-old Gerard Depardieu meets a much older lady. She's in her 90s or some shit, and they read at the park and look at pigeons. Mm -hmm. Sounds like fucking awful grandma cinema, but it's really lovely. But I suppose the big difference between this and Conversations with my gardener is at the end it's a big down on conversations and the end of this one it's a big up mm -hmm. I don't remember the end of conversations now but that wins me because I'm like oh if it's not a up sorry. spoiler the guy gets sick like midway through and at the end of it he just like falls over and collapses in his garden weeding his garden in the middle of the sun and he just dies it's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rewatch that shit bro 
It's great. No, I didn't enjoy it. <sighs> no, I mean, I did enjoy it, but it was just like, uh. No, I like this. I like this. French films really do do those characters in a cafe well. I couldn't help but remind myself of the scenes from Emily. Yeah. You know, with a... It wasn't as colourful or manipulated. No, yeah, of course not. But That's it was, style. Um, it's still quirky. Yeah, exactly. And throwing the wine around and shit like that. I really liked that it was a platonic relationship and that it didn't focus on, on the romance. And there was a little bit in there where they strayed into his fuck buddy was... I thought those flowers were for me. But it was just a side note. Yeah, he got out. Maybe it's just my life or whatever, but I found that really, uh, that seems more realistic than these big romances and shit. His mum had a good arc. Yeah, she was pretty cool. Funny actress and shit. Both the young and the old. She actually looked like. Yeah, that was well cast. That was very well cast. Yeah. People don't want to hear this because they tuned in to listen to Transformers, so <laughs> let's get on to another blockbuster. Of gods and men. I wanted to go see it at the cinema showcase and never got around to it. Mm. Knowing and hoping it would come and it did, yeah, sweet. They had Capital, by the way. I want to do a plug for Capital. They're getting shit that no one else is getting, man. Everyone should start paying more attention to the Capital. It's a beautiful cinema. Yeah, cheap on cheap nights. Exactly. Yeah, boy. I couldn't help thinking of the lead priest. What's his name? Christian. He was the bad guy from Matrix 2. The Malvingian or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you get jarred with that as well? Yeah, I've seen him in a couple of other things. I saw him in a musical recently, actually. Oh, radical. Yeah, and he was a lead in that. And the other guy was, a lot of people might know him as the bad guy off Moonraker. Oh, shit, I um, Sir Hugo Drax. But I know him as the model painter of Ronan, who had the little samurai village. Yeah, that's what I know him from, the yeah. Ronan guy. So, to see these two from these American I knew the movies, brute one as well, of something. Couldn't fucking remember. Oh, did you? Like, the father out of Inglourious Bastards or something like that, but not. Character like that. Mm-hmm. The characters are awesome, actually. The weird little Abaditi guy, especially. Where did he get his faces from? <sighs> he was playing half out of it the entire time, was he? Now, I can't remember geriatrics from the Asterix movies with Gerard Depardieu, but that guy should have played geriatrics. Yeah. Covered Mastery Life a bit. I really fucking liked it, actually. I really liked it. Damn, the two films I didn't at all, so this is good. Continue. Oh, wow, yeah. Afternoons with Marguerite and this totally saved us from the week of viewing compared to Transformers 3. But it's been a bit long covering the religious singing in that for me. I would have rather seen more scenes of them gardening and the rest of Mastery Life. Unless they really do spend 90% of it singing in that chapter. But there was a lot, man. There was still a lot of now we're gardening, now we're stacking firewood, now we're selling honey at the markets. A lot of no talking this is life eating that chips man I thought that was fucking awesome they passed around oven fries mm-hmm. I was like whoa oh that's my highlight that was far and away the highlight of the movie was that scene oven fries and the guy brings two bottles of wine he puts the boom box on and they uh, listen to awesome classical yeah with little tears in their eyes some of them are laughing some of them are crying and just, yeah that scene was immaculate yeah there's one scene in the whole movie for me though oh no when, what about when he goes Christian goes on a big long walk and it's all just like nature and walking like two Things. Wow. And then he goes to the market and sells honey. And then he puts some firewood over there. No, I didn't get it. No, I loved it. it. Must have been about five minutes in and I jotted down a note. Why am I here? <laughs> because before we came, we're like, this is the, the monks in war film. I don't want to watch a monks film. I don't want to watch a war film. I don't want to watch a Algerian, you know, fucking uprising film. None of this interested me. It never occurred to me. Do I want to go and see this or not? And it didn't bring you over? It didn't win you over? Because I wanted to see all that no. shit and it won me over. No, no, not at all. It was as slow as I wanted. All the characters were pretty good. True Stories is the other thing. For some reason, I don't try and hate True Stories, but 99% of the True Story films that I watch, I hate. Oh, yeah? This ticked all of the, let's not watch this box, and I forgot. You know the box it did tick? Was this came second? at Cannes in its year so I would have at least had the props I needed forgetting that the one that beat it 
was Uncle Burn Me. Oh, it was a year for terrible slow films, in your opinion. This had nothing for me. Ah, loved it. Awesome. More firewood stacking. I was itching for him to split it or cut it into... That shit was too long. How big is their fireplace? They were fucking logs. I was soaking all that shit up. All that European stuff. Go around the villages, watch them talk to the locals, talking to those two imams, and how cool he was, but flustered at the same time, talking to those bad guys, because I couldn't get his Matrix image out of my head. And the dusty road. I didn't like him in it, actually. Driving along the trucks and shit like that. I thought uh, Ronan guy, I thought he was incredible as the doctor. Yeah, he was pretty good with his beanie on. Oh, so you didn't like it? Nah. It definitely wasn't terrible. This one goes into the category with The Way Back for me. This is okay. a film that I, was a good, I have no idea. Not for me at all. It was about all my least favourite things. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it very much so. Except a little bit too long singing in chapels. The film didn't even start till they cut that guy's throat about half an hour in. Let those workers out of that. The um, Croatians. The actual first half hour told us nothing. There was no information given. It was half an hour... Of monastery life. Yeah, of monastery life. Yeah, I was soaking it up. Barely a word spoken. Even the conversation they did have like a dude came along and he walked with the doctor for a while he invited him to a party are you sure you're gonna make it and stuff none of that ever came back like anything they said didn't necessarily have any bearing on anything it was just clips from their life loved it pointless unlike Sancho the Bailiff who's a boy not Kurosawa that's for sure no one that I know is it famous or did Film Society do really well to pluck this out yeah I've never heard of it before never seen it in any lists never heard of the director or the actors never yeah this is a rare 50s Japanese film it's like someone in Japan saw Roots and then went back in time 40 years and made their own slavery film <laughs> following a generation of governors of this province. <laughs> what a cool film though. Man, I Yeah, I did love this I really like the enclosed sets and stuff. This one was movie magic to me. Yeah. Uh, everyone acted too big. The music was just right. They were really putting on a show for me. Yeah, when those 50 dudes would charge across one side of the paddock to the other with their spares out. Let's get the music! And then run. It was like, man, they are going at it. Like, there's not even any plan. There's not even an enemy on scene. And we're not at the stage of Braveheart with epic battles and shit. There's no hint of realism. That's yeah. not what they're going for. Who gives a shit about realism? This is a movie. It was oh. so cool. Overacting by the kid. You don't see that shit. Enough. I wonder if you can even find it. That'd be interesting. Any listeners want to watch a fucking really weird 50s, almost exploitation-esque film? It's like way too early. It's yeah. about these kids that get separated from their folks and they get brought up in a slave camp and someone gives them the awesome advice, your best escape is to wait until you're adults Stay and then decade. escape. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what you want to do is you want to hang out a decade until you're in your late teens <laughs> and you've lost all hope and then have a run for it. Which is what they do. So yeah. <laughs> these kids grow up and then decide to go and find out if mum and dad is still alive sort of thing. But it does get pretty emotional, although I heard this was a fucking soul ripper. Like Grave yeah. the Fireflies and shit like that. It wasn't. I was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't. But that's just a case of I'd heard the wrong thing. Yeah. It was kind of a sad tale, but not soul destroying by any means. No. It's just about the kids trying to get back with the parents years later. And even the kids aren't getting on that well. But it was more the scenes and the, the sets and the settings and the costumes and the music and all that shit man loved it that drumming music dun, 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 when you're walking along and shit yeah <laughs> and banging on pipes and stuff it was awesome kind of been as awesome as Sancho's beard yeah I think the movie was really badly named Sancho really wasn't the main point of the film yeah unless he's like a historical figure yeah that's um, the point could be then it was bizarre based on him but he did have a cool beard though he had this real spiky stuck on beard thing that was really strange my favourite scene was the kidnap scene with the little boats yeah I'd watch that scene over and over I thought that was masterful work. But because it's been two weeks since we fucking recorded, we've actually seen a fifth thing as well. We went to the national finals of the V 
48 hours. Yeah, we do. We won a double pass. Thanks, Harold. Mm-hmm. Hugh Sunday. We would have gone anyway, honestly, and. Yeah, I bought a ticket. I still got a payback season. If she listens, she should remind me. <laughs> so we went along to the finals at the Civic, and it was done with flair and pomp like no other this time. Uh, I've I got to say, and this is only me, they had a Tom Cruise impersonator hated it but that's only me i realized i'm a bit of bastard and actually the whole packed house loved it so. and had the whole ceremony hosted by oliver driver in a pilot's uniform and yeah a tom cruise impersonator who i thought was a really spot-on impersonator that went on too long and was saying sentences just so he could drop tom cruise movie titles in really good but it went on way too long Corey loathed it from word go yeah maybe good impersonator do you like any impersonators or? oh yeah christopher walken impersonators that's because i can't get enough christopher walken what about the trip michael Game. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, so it's not an impersonator. Maybe I thing. don't like it live. I'm like, yeah. You don't like people being entertained. He was trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Big ups, New Zealand. How many I was we fucking impressed. 13 with the films talent. or some shit. Or yeah. 12. It was fucking, it was epic. 13 short films. There was not a, one of them that I didn't like. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to point? No, I'm certainly not going to point names because they all did fucking infinitely better than me and that would be pretentious. I don't... Definitely some better than others, but there was oh, not one yeah, I, I thought, oh, that was terrible. The, the Wanganui one, Couch Criminals. Big ass fucking Wongers. Man, they kicked ass. With they're Wongers, are they? Yeah, the director lives in Wellington now, but he's from Wonganoo, and he went back home and made it in that region over, mm-hmm. over the weekend, I think. This was fucking awesome. And the winners was pretty good. And um, Robo Revenge was bloody good. And Copy That by Lens Flare was pretty good. And the ones that maybe I didn't like, just with like a lot of toilet humour. Not the photo one. That was still pretty good. Mm. But still like, there's a lot of it in there. I noticed that even the ones that weren't toilet humour all had a toilet humour joke in them. Like yeah. it was almost like that was a Prop. It's as if like, there was a lot of getting... <laughs> your line of dialogue this year is tell a toilet humor joke somewhere in there. It's because it's my pet hate. Yeah. So it's a bit painful to see. Let's say the first one, which I thought was fucking hilarious with the condom tourniquet. That was an ingenious idea. Oh, that was um, full of references and shit with Ben, who's a sports yeah. commentator. It's called 48 Hours by Shonky Productions, and it was a mystery movie. Filled with cameos and that. The whole festival had little cameos that it was always pretty exciting. I'm Jason Fartfoy. I had so much fun with this. And I remember I didn't want to go. They were like, here's a free ticket. I'm like, eh, no, I've got better things to do. Why would I want to go? They're short films by people I don't know. Why? Man, I fucking loved it. Yeah, they are the winners. <laughs> they are actually really fucking talented filmmakers. A lot of talent in the room, and we got used in the end credits. <laughs> yeah, we did. They stole our score, Brent, if you ever listen to this. They used your music over the end of the, well the done, live Brent. production. Nice jingle. Someone liked it. We know how to write them here at Team Red Apple. horrible. Everyone liked it. It was a good night. The end of the competition for another year. Thanks, Dan. Touche. Now, since we haven't been recording, there's been a couple of things come out that I wanted to mention. Wuxia. Chinese thing? Mm. Some people are calling it Swordsman, which I don't like because... It reminds you of the Butcher, the Chef, and the Swordsman? Didn't even think of that. No, I was thinking of... This is a Donnie Yen film. His last one that we went and saw just two months ago was called The Lost Bladesman. No, I'm true that. But IMDb's calling it Dragon, which is even worse because wasn't that that Bruce Lee biopic? Yep. Anyway, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. It's Donnie Yen's playing a baddie, which is pretty cool because he's usually... It's my only qualm with him. He's my favourite, but he's always so chivalrous. <laughs> so this one, he's a martial arts expert who's been a bit naughty and he kind of tries to start again, goes out to a village and they send a couple of guys out to try and find him and it's the Jap guy from Red Cliff and shit the main guy flying daggers yeah. with Andy Lau kind of looks pretty cool although the trailer's got what do you call those things cutaways when they punches someone in the head and then oh, goes inside their body the and shows how that works yeah you don't like those at all 
Oh, no, they're, they're not bad, actually. Romeo Must Die was the first one of the first to use those. Were they in something like Fight Club or something? Three Kings had them as well. Every time a bullet would go into somebody, it would follow the path of the bullet through like a fake chest. I think I saw Three Kings before I was a fan of George Clooney, Spike Jones, David O. Russell. At the time, I think I watched it because I was an Ice Cube fan. Cliff Curtis as well. Cliff Curtis. It's a good film, man. Real good film. Speaking of, uh, I just want to jump in quickly. I went and saw some um, David Lean films. The old Indian guy was played by Ben Kenobi in this one. Oh, again? Yeah. He had like the turban, no shoes, all brown. Said very, very wise things. Wow. Awesome. He just <laughs> uses the same guys. Which <laughs> is a damn good masterclass of people is using. Mm-hmm. He does use that same pool. David mm. rings him and he's like, hey, man, you got two years you want to do an epic <laughs> oh come on david we just got back all right i'll call you in a decade and maybe we'll go to india so, come on. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so anyway back on topic wuxia is out at event cinemas and just broke the world record for the largest billboard ever so good on them wow i'm gonna go see it that's a fact uh it premiered at khan which isn't saying much because i've already said what i think of khan with their choices of, of gods and men and uncle burn me yeah they're right on gods and men the other um kung fu movie to premiere this year at khan was um kung fu panda 2 that premiered at khan yeah what the hell for well i don't know man but like guillermo del Toro's on as executive producer apparently it's a lot darker it's getting a lot of love from the critics charlie kaufman was involved in the script at one stage to the cast they've added danny mcbride van damme gary oldman michelle yell i don't know you know i can't be sold i've got a story about kung fu panda like normally i can put up with a film mm. kung fu panda i rented dvd crisp put it on a nice screen got fucking like nine minutes in and actually stopped it out of disgust and ejected it it repulsed me in that short amount of time so there's no way I could ever watch yeah. Country Panda 2 but I think it's one of those films that really suffers from its main character there's a lot of films that, that fall into this trap for me personally if you hate the lead character then who was the lead character he was all the, country, the was other a panda was it Jack Black yeah Jack Black as a fat panda whose tummy always rumbles and he eats too much it was an awful character Kung Fu Panda sucks balls so bad yeah. however I managed to scrape past him and see all the rest the Dustin Hoffman that beautiful animation on the turtle the scenery is better than most other CG films it's really an exceptional piece of art Jack Black blocks most of that so you think they could someone could do a super cut of it put it online and remove all the Jack Black <laughs> it's like hey I've got this weird short about these kung fu animals that live in the jungle yeah it's called the no jack black show well he also joins the, like a fucking fox force 5 or whatever like a super team angelina jolie lucy Liu, jackie chan seth rogan david cross jackie chan wow but even they're like wasted they don't bring anything to it it's very easy to not like this film i think but that's enough to go see number two for you yeah like number one had enough promise if you get past jack black and his crappy team it's a risk yeah i'll, I'll roll the dice it's not pixar but it, they've got real stylized backgrounds and stuff like the clouds and the hills and stuff are all like stylish gorgeous Stunning. Fuck it. I'm going to go and watch number two. And if Guillermo del Toro, Charlie Kaufman. Those are good names. Obviously, don't go and see it. I'll tell you. I have no fucking fear. But the other one that came out while we haven't been recording was The Company Men from Sundance. Um, yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Ben Affleck, Chris Cooper, and Tommy Lee Jones downsized out of their jobs and lose their cushy lives. I saw the trailer before Barney's version. It looked good. Looks like a John Grisham type thing. It's up my alley. John Grisham? No, I don't know. It looked like a bunch of American male actors. Look like a JFK type thing. I like that sort of shit. Mm. Where it follows, like, that's cool, man, because people know it's thunderstorm weekend here in New Zealand, <laughs> so we're recording as a thunderstorm on. We're pushing through. We're like the US Postal Service. 
really didn't jump out at me. I'm gonna go and see it because Tommy Lee Jones and Chris Cooper are in it. I like Chris Cooper. It looks kind of dull. It looks about corporate downsizing and sounds like a very dull topic. And he gets to Ben Affleck's the main character. He's got no job, so he goes to his brother-in-law, Kevin Costner, who gets him a job installing drywall and stuff. Yeah. It's about blue collar versus white collar. No, yeah. I'll, I'll see it. Okay, me too. But the only one coming out this week is uh, because this week is New Zealand Film Fest is the only thing any of us give a shit about. Yeah. It seems all the theatres knew that. So the only other thing that's coming out is Harry Potter. It's not just out. We're going to see Harry Potter number 7 part 1 at 9pm. Immediately followed by a midnight screening of Harry Potter 7 part 2. Because that's how we roll. So on our next episode we're hoping we can talk about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows double feature. Which is going to be kind of interesting for me because I've caught up with Harry Potter in the last two weeks. I've never seen a Potter, read a Potter. I've just hated on it my whole life. Everyone needs to grow up. So yeah, I've sat down the last two weeks preparing for this double feature and watched the first six. Remembering that I've spent the last few episodes telling you that uh, you should get into these Potter things, bro, because if you can just push on through the first three or four, they get good. So mm. with that in mind, we go into the last two. Mm. Was I right? Do they? Or does it tip over the balance and become Transformers 3? Now, that's a cliffhanger. What's not a cliffhanger? I'll, I'll tell you in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>